A.M. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. New month, new quarter. That just adds a little bit of excitement in itself to when we look at these market trades. But a lot of things have been happening. We'll take a look at uh, what's been going on with the basis in the country, where we're at harvest progress-wise, because it definitely is different in the different um Parts of the Midwest is what I'm trying to spit out. And we'll also look at what's been happening on the, on the grain and livestock complex more in depth. Army worms, that's been a big concern as well. And there's been some interesting things being coming out of the state of Kansas when it comes to their winter wheat crop. We'll look at that and more as we see that the corn is on the upside today. Soybeans finished on the negative. Wheat did see some positive trade. Flip the page to the livestock and it wasn't real pretty but not as bad as what we've seen this week in this roller coaster cattle market and the hogs saw a mixed type of trade sue martin's joining us today she is with ag and investment out of clarion iowa so let's first start start talking about uh, harvest progress um it's pretty slow in my neck of the woods but for you guys in iowa the beans have been coming out pretty furious well they are um i know on our farm the beans are all out and the guy who farms our farm has all of his beans out. I think by the middle of this coming week, I would have to think a lot of the areas in this, in a large portion of the state, other than maybe the northeastern side, um, but I think a large portion of the state will be getting pretty close to done. The um, the question mark is, it, did the farmer spray with fungicides or not? And then if they caught some rains, those beans could still be green. In fact, I even had some farmers in our own uh, area here that said that uh, the stems were green, but the beans were dry. Now, on our farm, they were dry as a bone. I mean, the moisture content in our beans was 11 to 9 percent. Corn's running at 13 percent right now. And um, but, you know, and that kind of hurt yield a little bit. Uh, but on the same token, uh, yields are pretty darn good around the area. Respectable. We were disappointed on our own, but fungicides weren't used. But, um, boy, if you use fungicides, it's not uncommon to hear the, the upper 60s to maybe 75 bushel to the acre. And, of course, up in northwest Iowa, over the past weekend, uh, we were up to Okaboji where they had a, um, uh, Oktoberfest, and I talked to farmers in the area that were there, and they were telling me their yields were coming in around uh, 75 to 80 bushel to the acre. Never have seen that before, and you would have never guessed it, and they sure didn't guess it. They were elated, and in the meantime, corn going around 230, 240. So they are just absolutely elated. I talked to a client yesterday who's about a good 50 miles west of Sioux Falls maybe a little more and his beans all went 42 on average a lot of beans in the area 20 to 30 so he was elated corn going anywhere from I think he said 192 he had several sections out 192 another one went 194 and another one went 200 and again for the type of weather they dealt with they are absolutely beside themselves they're so happy and so you know when you have good prices and of course basis levels halfway decent because the commercials the end users are trying to pull what they can right now they need corn right now but the farmer is filling his bins first and so the price of corn is trying to push higher to entice them to sell but what also is helping pull that corn price 
is the wheat market, which is on a tear. And, of course, we had thought all along, and we mentioned it in our commentaries, that if there was going to be a surprise in the in the market report of yesterday in the quarterly stocks and the small grains, we thought it would actually be in the wheat, and that's really where it came. Now, you, you talk about uh, the, the wheat, and obviously that's been kind of a strengthening with what we've seen in the corn. And while you and I were talking earlier, I did pull up that article where we were talking about Manhattan, Kansas, really talking about uh, their entomologist saying this is some of the worst army worms issues that they have seen in 14 to 15 years. So obviously uh, a big concern there, and that's been causing for a delay in planting, but also some concerns when it comes to alfalfa and other crops moving into this winter, waiting for a frost. Well, I think that's true. I think that, um, you know, they're recommending for farmers to, if, um, like in Kansas and Oklahoma, if you can, and parts of, um, Wyoming and, and Nebraska, if you can hold off, um, planting your winter wheat until you get a good freeze, they think you'll be fine because the freeze should kill the army worms. So, otherwise, if you plant sooner, you may have an infestation, and that's not what they want. So, um, it's something you have to watch. And, of course, uh, I even talked to a uh, another guy this morning that's in Iowa, and he was talking about army worms in down around I-80 and what have you in that area, uh, in the heart of the state. And I thought, yeah, I can believe it. You know, dryness brings a lot of little insects you really don't like. But in the meantime, um, you know, K-State is really suggesting farmers do this. And I know it's hard to sit and wait it out. But on the same token, um, maybe this is a year that you try to do that. In the meantime, that report was so friendly wheat. And then you look at the situation where, um, you know, it's been hot and dry in Kansas, for example, and your neck of the woods in, in around um, western and southern uh, Nebraska and on into Wyoming um, or to Colorado. Well, you are dry and and it's been very dry and then very warm. Now, there's been talk of chances for rain, but we're wondering if that rain's going to really materialize to be much at all. So that's also adding to the support under the wheat market and giving a chance for that market to push farther today. Still, if you look at a chart on it, it's not at the highs yet. The highs of the year was in uh, August, on August 13th, at 786.5 basis Chicago December wheat. And, um, and that's your high of the year. All right. Well, stick around, folks. We've got a lot more coming up as we continue with the Friday version. It is the Fontenelle Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network. At Fontenelle Hybrids, we hear a lot from our customers and dealers that we have a family feel to our organization. Just ask Doug Bartek, a Fontenelle dealer at Wahoo, Nebraska. I feel Fontenelle is very family-oriented. They care a great deal about their customers and provide updates on what could be occurring out in the field and what to watch out for. I feel fortunate to work with a great group of people who provide a quality product. For more on being part of the Fontenelle family, just go to Fontenelle.com. Always read and follow grain marketing, all other stewardship practices, and pesticide label director BN. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We're continuing our conversation with Sue Martin. Sue is with Agon Investment out of Clarion, Iowa. As we look at, uh, want to talk basis a little bit, uh, what you're hearing out there, because harvest is continuing. But again, we're hearing a lot of discussions of guys and gals just saying, nope, I'm going to keep it at home and watch these markets before I sell. 
Well, I think so. I think that the bins are pretty empty, and farmers remember what, you know, the most recent, what they've done. And this past year, the rally in through the, you know, starting from August of last year, and it was the quarterly stocks report last year that ignited the market. And then uh, we rallied, you know, as we all know, looking back, sharply just kept continuously going and going and going. Markets went farther than anybody dreamed. Farmers, after seven years of just sideways range bound, when they had a chance after having looked at 320 on the board uh, for corn, they were willing to let go as soon as they started getting 380 to $4 and over. So that really ended up being kind of a uh, edge of or a thorn in their side because while they were making money, they left a lot off on the table. And so I think that um, they're going to be very particular this year how they sell. And in the meantime, they're going to fill their bins because now they were afraid to make sales too because they weren't sure what they had especially the western side of the Corn Belt. And they really weren't sure what they had, and so they weren't willing to really make much in the way of cash sales. And now they're finding that, for the most part, uh, according to all the yields we're hearing, farmers are really elated as to what they're bringing in. So we'll see what happens, but I think that farmers are more willing to fill their bins and, unless the price gets up, and it may take a move over the 550 area on the cash market or on the board and then have a basis that's pretty strong against that. And um, then they may be willing to say, okay, I'll sell some cash. But I think farmers are looking ahead. They look at December corn, and uh, December corn closed at 531 and a half next year. Uh, up eight and three quarters. That was up, um, you know, uh, this year's December. Uh, it's within 10 cents of this year's December contract. So the market is thinking maybe even about acres for next year and new crop corn, 2022 corn is pushing, uh, to compete. But I think when you look at this market, farmers are going to wait till the tail end, the latter part of the crop. And then they'll make that decision, am I going to move some to the elevator? And if they do, then that means their bins are full. And then that's maybe where the basis starts to soften for a little bit, unless farmers just move it to the elevator, but they don't sell it. But, you know, elevators are creative. They have all sorts of plans for you to go ahead, bring that crop in, and you don't have to, uh, we won't charge you uh, storage for X number. Well, the reason they say that to you is because it's not going to stay there. They can't charge you for something they're not doing. So, um, you know, it, there's a creativity out there. But long story short, I think far, the tail end or the latter part of this crop will be what does maybe find its way into the elevator. If it doesn't, well, it's, it's not going to move till well after the turn of the year. Switch the page and go over to the livestock here, Sue. Are we going to continue to see this roller coaster type market trade with the cattle? I think so. Um, you know, it's been our opinion that the cattle market, you know, in times past, not always, but there is a, a tendency in years when you rally through July and into August and you'll peak in August. Sometimes you can push it to September, but usually it's in August. And then when you do that, you'll break down into October. And that's what this cattle market is doing. It's pushing at lows, making lower lows for this move. And um, But also, we're not far from a seasonal time where you try to catch and then see if you can turn the market higher. Um, I think that we need to get these cattle numbers uh, cleaned up. This is one year where because of the dryness that we endured, we've seen a liquidation of cows. 
and that has weighed on the market. And, of course, as those cows were coming to market, it also kept cattle in the feedlots a little longer than they wanted to keep them. And so the packer continues to make money. Um, they're maybe making around $700 ahead now, even though the, the cutout has dropped like it has. And it's probably got a little more. I think there's at least another week of cutout weakness. And then we'll see what it's made of. But I had thought that we would at least break into October and then try to find a low and see whether December and February has legs or not. What about for the ho- hogs numbers? I mean, we've, we saw some decent limit up trade earlier this week. Well, the hog and pig report was pretty bullish. I mean, it really did show um, that uh, there's not the incentive to want to um, expansion or have expansion. And I think the uh, kept for breeding number was uh, was a surprise. It came in less than what traders were thinking. And um, you know, it's I, I just think that when you look at the hog market, um, we're rallying because of that report. We're also rallying because exports remain pretty good. Both- What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you, Sue? Well, our number is 1-800-527-0051. And you all have a great day. That is great t- weekend. Yes, that very much so. And that is today's Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers on the Rural Radio Network.